Berisha. Diamante. Durante with a free header. And the honour of Western United's first A-League goal goes to a familiar face. Bessart, Berisha. Connor Payne on the left. Alessandro Diamante with the ball on a string. And... Oh, Diamante! The Western service crew are celebrating. Welcome back to All Out West, and this is take two because we've already had a crash. Now, what a huge week in the A-League. Western United just got our first win in nine A-League season games. How G'd up are you guys? Pretty G'd up. Good to get the first win, especially after that uh, massive losing streak we went on towards the end of last season and not exactly starting off the brightest. And it wasn't the cleanest win you'll ever see, but it's three points I'll take it. Any comments, Lab? I'm just pumped. We got to win. We're I'll take it. Top, well, look, we're in the top six technically after two games. So, yeah, let's just keep going. Another win. Yep. Push up further up the table. Let's beat City. Yep, love it. Bit of positivity there. Now there isn't a lot of club news. So, do you guys just want to get into the game preview? Uh, yeah. Review. Sorry. Love yeah. it. And which brings on this one now. Oh, wrong screen. Sorry, guys. And so on Friday night at 7.45, Western United took on Sturges, Sturgeless Perth Glory at Amy Park, which was is funny as it was billed as a big battle between uh, Priovic, our new big striker, and Sturridge, which didn't eventuate. It was the first change to the starting 11 since the FFA game under Aloisi with Priovic starting, and he had a fairly decent 71 minutes on the park. Jay, what are your thoughts on the first start? his first start in the green and black? Uh, would have been nice to see a goal during his start. Didn't get it in the end, but um, look, these sorts of minutes are about building up fitness. 71 minutes is like, it's better than what you'll see from Daniel Sturridge after a four-hour flight, that's for sure. So, um, you know, even though he's probably still a, a, a little bit off um, top form or, um, you know, hitting like, you know, his peaks when it comes to fitness, uh, 71 minutes, can't be mad at it. Uh, and it was probably the tactical change we were looking for going forward after the last couple of weeks, starting Wenzel Halls and swapping to Previch. I think... Uh, Starting Previch and then swapping to Dylan was really the way to go. I was pretty pretty happy with that tactically. Definitely. Leb, any comments? Yeah, look, it looked like it paid off, as we spoke about last week. Maybe bringing Wenzel Halls on, who has a bit of energy towards the end of the game. It might work, and look, it did. He ended up getting a goal. It wasn't the best college you'll ever see him score, but he was in the right place at the right time, and... Crucial goal, three points, but um, back to Previch anyway. I think, yeah, getting some minutes under his belt, especially, yeah, anything over 60 minutes we hope for, so an extra 10 on top of that's a bonus. I think um, he'll get better and stronger, and we saw glimpses of what he is capable of. He's big, he's strong, he's quick, and um, he, he definitely worked hard while he was on the pitch, so excited to see more come from him. Yeah, definitely. I was a big fan, and I think that that switch around of who started was really impactful. Um, on a different note, although dominated possession the first half with Western United, Fornaroli was dangerous and had a very close set piece later in the game. But in my opinion, he was most proficient in appealing for frees and handballs. What were your thoughts on uh, how he performed? Bruno? Yeah. 
Yeah, always going to be the danger man. He's always going to look for that contact and try and draw fouls. Any good striker does. I think we actually negated him pretty well, even though he did have that chance later on in the game. He's looked pretty dangerous, I think. Um, obviously, we didn't have to deal with Sturridge, so that's one less thing to worry about. But Fauna Roli, well-experienced A-League striker, probably one of the top, definitely top five A-League strikers. You could argue top three. Um he didn't have a horrible game, but you know, ultimately, when you're a striker, if you don't hit that score sheet or you don't assist, it doesn't look great. Um, ultimately, I think we neutralised him quite well, and I think our defence held pretty strong when it needed to. Yeah, look, I think, um, yeah, I think he's. I've always, I've always called him the A League Zone, Lewis Flores. He's that type of player where you give him one chance, all he needs, he needs is one chance to put the ball in the back of the net. And he's always going to be there or thereabouts, nibbling at players, nibbling at defenders, trying to get the opportunity came by any means. But um, I think we negated him well enough on the day. Uh, but he is that sort of player where yeah, you need to be on to him for the whole time that he's on the pitch or else he can make you pay for it. And luckily he didn't for us on Friday. Definitely. And one of the two moments of on the cusp of brilliance was Diamante around the 20-minute mark. <laughs> Uh, he tempted a long ball from the middle of the park, which was perfectly on target, but Perth Glovesman Brad Jones just manages to nudge it out. And he, you can see the smile on his face. Were you guys just G'd up by the, the possibility of this happening? I, I actually missed, missed that one. I only realised it happened a little bit later. So, um, yeah, once once I look back on it, watch the replay, I, I thought, oh, that would have been amazing if it went in. But, yeah, missing something like that would have been a little bit disappointing too. But... Look, any goal's a goal at the end of the day, and it would have been one more on our score sheet. Watch this space, though. You've seen like already a few long shot attempts happen, not just in our game, but in the A League so far this season. Uh, Diamante, I reckon, um, if he scores early this season, something like a worldie. If that goes in, then we're in for another special season for sure from Dimmer. Hopefully, he does get his. Uh, open field goal or set-piece goal this season because it was a bit disappointing that he only scored the one penalty last year. But um, I think if we, if he can get on the score sheet four or five times, we're going to be in for a really, really good and uh, yeah, well, just a solid season altogether. Definitely. Now, Topper Stanley was subbed in on the second half for a Mai and not to negate him, but the positive effect he had on the team was obvious. And do you think that he helped the team push forward with a bit more of a solid back line there? What do you guys think? Oh, look, um, I think I think it was a whole... I don't think it was the fact that he came on in the second half. He did just as good, if not better, than Tomoki on the day, I must admit. But I think it was more so the team as a whole came out as a different unit in the second half. The first half was quite driven, drab, and even though the second half wasn't the best football game you'll ever see in your life, um, I think it was still, it was more of a team effort, maybe the coach pushing a little bit more, cheating up the players a little bit at half-time, that I think brought on that positive effect. But top all definitely did well. I um, was just happy that he was able to slot straight into the squad with and like there was no change in the rhythm and the tempo, you know, we didn't it didn't expose any holes. Um, he slotted in perfectly and, and played that position perfectly. It's not like you know, sometimes you bring a sub on 
and it can throw out the rhythm of the team. I mean, of course, you know, we weren't playing top, top quality football at that point, but it's not like Topol coming in just threw us into a spin and, and allowed Perth to get on top of us. Uh, I think it was a good substitution. I don't know if is this Tomoki injured or... No, I think they were just rotating. Just rotating, yeah, because he did look a bit tired at the end of the game, so maybe he hasn't had the best preseason. Um, but... He was pretty close to getting yellow carded. There was some really... He yeah. was on the cusp, but you know what I mean? Like, he was niggling the shit out of, like, Ponteroli and whatnot. Walking the tightrope. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's just good to know that we can make that sub, and you'd assume vice versa. You know, if Topple starts next week, I think we'd be able to bring on um, Tomoki and it not and and the, that back line gel pretty well, and I think that's down to the experience of the players up the back, uh, mainly Leo and uh, Josh Risden. Um, obviously, once again, we saw Josh talking, talking, talking. You know, he's very, very good having a leader at the back of the pitch to um, just marshal and because you know you can see everything from the back. Um, even I, I did notice Jamie Young was actually um, ordering the guys around and 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 actually kept a kept a pretty tight back line as well. So uh, all in all, that game, our game was. Yeah, pretty solid defense-wise, and really can't fault them. And that's that goes over the course of both games, I believe. If if you see, um, if you saw Victory's game, they pounced on every um, every you know miscue from um, Brisbane, and we only had one. They made us pay for it. So, I, and I honestly think that's been our only proper defensive error for the season was the goal against Victory. Um, if we can keep this up, it might not be the most entertaining football, but um, I think we'll definitely start getting results. And with those results, maybe some more entertaining football, hopefully. On that oh, note, sorry. I think... Oh, sorry, you go. You go, Leb. Yeah, look, results are entertaining enough. So if our team is winning 1-0 every game, we're going to prefer that to losing 3-2 every game. Yeah, definitely. Now, onto the... We're talking about our defence. I think we're defensively one of the strongest we've been since the club's inception. Uh, what do you think of that statement? And who are your prefer- preferred centre-back pairings this season? I think it's completely accurate, that statement. I think um, Leo's our best central defender that we've had. Um, maybe Durante had a better A-league career. Well, that's for sure. Yeah. He's played in there for a while. But Yeah. Um, I think our best centre-back, centre-back pairing at the moment is Imai and... Uh, and the and Lacroix, uh, it's it's also very it's hard to like kick Nikolai Topol Stanley out of that because he was very good on the weekend. But uh, I, I would, I'd like to actually know your guys' opinions because it's it's I think it's a very like hotly debated topic, and we could just go and talk for a while yeah, about this. Look, it is tough. This is probably the season we would want to be playing three at the back. Got three yeah. standout centre backs this season compared to last season where we had a lot of injuries and we weren't quite sure who our best pairing were. I think we'd have it locked in this season, but yeah, unfortunately, it's not how things have worked. So um, I'll, I'll go exactly the same as Jay with my and uh, Leo at the back, even though Topple Stanley is a quality, quality A League player and has been for some time. Um, I think. It is just a bit more about that Durante factor with him. He is a bit mm. older now at the twilight of his career and you can't rely on him to put in 90 minutes week in, week out, especially 
look, in another week we've got three games in the one week, so we can't expect him to be playing everything, but him as another option is a fantastic option to have. I, I do see us rotating in and out those centre-backs as well, even not playing Leo one game. You know, you could play Tomoki and Topor at the back. Um, it's just good to have that uh, ability to chop and change. Definitely. I currently, I mean, I personally am a big fan of Topper Stanley. Uh, so I, but I love like Tomoki Abai. I'm so conflicted. It's a hard one. But just to be uh, different, I'll go uh, Topper and I'll Lacroix. Like, I, I think that'd be quite fun. Mm-hmm. Now, um, going on to another good moment, Wenzel Halls came on for Priovic, and you could tell he'd been training with the team for some time. You know what I mean? Like, this, the, the chemistry was there with the forward line, with Payne, with up, I think it was Price at the time, and it resulted in a really controversial goal. Do you want to review it and have a bit of comments on it? Yeah. Let's do it. And finally, the breakthrough arrives. And you have to say it has been coming the last few minutes for Western United. Thoughts, guys? Still don't, still don't know how he managed that. <laughs> the ball sort of just magically pings around and then all of a sudden it just appears in front of him. Right place, um, right time. Yeah, yeah, obviously hats off to Connor Payne because um, he was the one that put the ball in that, in that area. And those are the sorts of balls we're looking for, some chaos balls. Low and hard, where the strikers can get them, and look what it gets you. It gets you a goal. Um, I mean, he's got to be there to finish it. So he and he was. They were appealing for offside pretty heavily, but it would have been VAR check, and I didn't yeah. see anything. I think he, look, he was pretty well covered. Yeah, a lot of people were screaming about the fact that the ball may have potentially crossed the line, but from that angle, it is hard to see. I'll admit, but it doesn't look like the whole of the ball has crossed the whole of the line. It doesn't look as clear cut as. Uh, the disallowed or the goal that was never given for Newcastle Jets in our FFA Cup game. I think that was a lot more clear cut. And the fact that there is VAR definitely would have been reviewed. Um, it was an on field decision as a goal. So I think it would have been very harsh to overturn that when there weren't the right angles to see a conclusive. Yeah, it's, it's really one of those. Um, one of those benefit of the doubt on field yeah, calls. I feel like it's the on field call did go out, it would have stood as not a goal because there wasn't the conclusive angles to actually see it, which brings up another point, I feel, that I think we should have better camera, better ca- not better camera work, but cameras in better areas on the pitch. Yeah, we, we should, don't we should have, have the money. money. Don't have the money yeah. for it, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm not talking about goal line technology. Because that's a lot of money. We don't have that in the A-League, but I'm saying that I think maybe we should have at least a few more cameras in better positions than they are. I don't think that angle yet kind of justifies that. And if you are a Perth Glory supporter, you you will look at that one with a little bit of disappointment because you can't see what's happened conclusively. No. Yeah, it's one of those things like I think football, you've always got to just take it as it falls. It's shit. I, I'd feel bad if I were a Perth Glory fan who's a Western United fan. Mm. It is what it is. We'll take it. Uh, we need that bit of forward momentum and a bit of positivity. Yeah, definitely. Uh, in another moment that was really solid, uh, uh, Perth uh, Perth's keeper Jones came down for the final set piece and the ball bounces out and Dylan Wenzel Hall gets it around the mi- midfield and he manages just to kick the ball to the vacant net without a defender in sight. It fell short 
and Perth eventually got the ball and it never made the goal. But imagine there was two moments for this game to be great. Um, it really gets me G'd up for the season. What did you guys think about that being their game day? I, I do love the old empty net attempt. It's always disappointing when they fall short. Honestly, would have rather missed than fall short. Yeah. But um, hey, he's having a crack and he's got the awareness to know that. So that's that's a sign of a good striker. Might might not have the power to get it done, but if he works on it, um, yeah, we we liked it, Dylan. We were always very keen when we picked him up, and I still think he's got as good as he is. I think he's just uh, beginning to unlock his potential. So very happy, very happy that we're going with that sort of uh, exciting. Uh, sort of young player. Uh, hopefully, the the passion that he's been showing in the last couple of weeks actually rubs off on a few of the other players that seem to play, be playing a little bit more by the books, which is is good. You know, you can't have everyone trying ridiculous things all the time. But um, I think a bit more risk taking and a bit more uh, composure in some areas, and we will be scoring some cracking goals this season. Yeah, definitely. I think um, I because you can see him hit a ball. I think the power thing was more the fact that he knew he didn't have too much time to actually take the shot, and yeah, he wasn't quite his footing wasn't quite right. So even though he got the as far as it looked, it looked like it would have headed in if if there was enough power on it. So it looked like he got the accuracy and he got the, he had the right idea to get the shot off. But yeah, unfortunately, Ooh, it didn't happen. Right. But the most important. I think that rocked my microphone. But yeah, sorry, <laughs> sorry to cut you off. Sorry to cut you off. No, 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 no stress. But look, at the end of the day, most important thing is the three points. So even though we didn't score that one, we won a lot. If we weren't one a lot, we wouldn't even we wouldn't have even had that opportunity. So that was just yeah, would have been the icing on the cake. But unfortunately, no can do. Hundred percent. Now, how do you think we are looking in an attacking sense? As we've not got that many goals this season or in the FFA Cup match under Aloisi, what are our best attacking options going forward? And do you think we're lacking that, like a good attack this season? It's really hard to know. It's I think, I think it's more about uh, time. I think the team just hasn't had time to gel. Uh, Prebich hasn't been in our squad for too long. You see uh, Reddy Crin, who's a creative midfielder, hasn't been part of the playing squad yet um, on match day, so um, he's still got to get up to speed. Um, but we've got we've got potential and we've got real talent there. We've got young, good players like Dylan Perez. We've got Dylan Menzel-Halls. We've got Lockie Wales. And we've got those older, experienced heads like the Previches and the Crins that can really open things up. Um, and don't forget Diamante as well. He can pick any sort of pass on or any sort of cross on any day of the week. So we've got the options there. I feel um, maybe we've been focusing a little bit more on staying tied defensively and working on that a bit more. And as the season continues, I think we're going to open up and be a little bit more attacking as you see the players start to gel together a bit better. I um, think a case can be made for a lot of teams, actually, uh, including West United, having all the pieces to the puzzle. Uh, it's just whether or not they can solve it. A good example would be Western Sydney Wanderers on paper, I think, have probably a top four side um, if they can really get things going. But they look like just absolute shit. Their first half during 
Newcastle on the weekend was that, that, one that of the worst first halves of A-League I've seen from a team in I don't know how long, and and they were lucky to go in one. Yeah, and, and honestly, I think um, Newcastle have one of the weakest sides, probably on paper, if not the weakest side on paper. Yet, they tactically they were able to outplay uh, Western Sydney, and I think Western Sydney just got by off a little bit of luck and, they, yeah, they and the skill they had. They completely dominated without um, making their chances pay. So I, I actually put Western United in a very similar spot to Western Sydney. Um, except I think we're a little bit further ahead in the development of our team gelling, at least at the very back. So um, just capitalising on all the players Caleb listed going forward, we've got all the puzzle pieces there. Once those players, uh, you know, your Pariahs, your Wales, Priyavich, Wenzel Halls, uh, and then we haven't even got into the youth as well um, that we have to call on. You know, once, once all those players can really start putting it all together, uh, consistently, we can really, really challenge for definitely finals and maybe even a, a – uh, I'd, I'd say I'd be happy with a top four finish, I think, would be uh, – I think if we finish fourth, uh, that would be an accurate yeah, representation of, of where our squad's at because I do think the two other two Melbourne sides look a bit stronger at the moment. Actually, victory looks the strongest. Victory looks the strongest in on, on in, the in form on the park at the moment. Victory, I think, beat City, and I think we were actually unlucky. I like, I was, I was a bit worried after our victory game, but after seeing what they did to Brisbane, um, yeah. I'm thinking maybe maybe we might have got away with uh, not copping a thumping, or you know, had we had we got a point out of that oh, game. That's a game where I feel like both teams did deserve the point. So I don't think we deserve the point. The victory game, we can argue that. I yeah. think we, I think we were. Not good enough going forward to deserve a point and victory have been capitalising on it, on chances. Uh, if we can make a few more chances and then capitalise on them, you know, we can beat any team in the league on any given day. But I think most other teams can as well. So as, as good as we can be, we've we've got to really watch out for uh, yeah, almost every literally every other club. It's going to be a very competitive season of football. Another fun one. Yeah. No. Great one. Now, here's a bit of an odd one, but what changes would you have made to the squad in retrospect? Uh, you got the win, so no changes. No. Honestly, I can't really think of uh, any changes to make. Uh, I'd, 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 like to I'd, see... I'd, I'd make one, but you know what it is already. Well, yeah, uh, I'm going to tell you. Uh, Ryan Scott in for Jamie Young. Oh, are you guys still on that? Jamie Young. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to get in into it, but I'll just say that's the one change I would have made. I, I want to bring in Ryan Scott. And I do like Jamie Young. I've, I like Jamie Young, but I had a really good think of it over the week, and you know what? Scotty was there for us when we needed him. It's time to bring him back. Okay. Let's. I, I reckon he'll get his go if Jamie Young doesn't perform. I think, I think it's going to be very performance-based. And uh, who knows? This FFA Cup's only, like, coming up on this, like next Tuesday? Yes. So that could be where he gets a go. Or maybe even Jamie, 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 even Charlie Emery. You never know. No, too no. early for him. You've got to play. Um, you've got to play Scott, or even maybe um, they might play games. Young back to back and then play Scott. But I think you've got to give Scott a run then. At least, in, at least give him the FFA Cup game. At least give him that. Yeah, but um, yeah. Well, last week we said Rene Crin, Rene Crinian for Lustica, but uh, Lustica was very 
was very consistent and actually played a good well, game as well. So. Well, did you want to guys yeah, get so. into voting? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, who did you guys vote? Well, as um as I mentioned, Lustikakotu got some votes from me. I've actually got to pull them up because I've them off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure that I, I gave can go Connor off. Payne. I'm pretty sure that I gave Connor Payne the three. Yeah. Um, he he yeah yeah gave Connor Payne the three. He just ran yeah got him there. Um, he just energy all game ran the show from the left. Um, assisted our goal as well which was very um, impressive, even though it was a bit dubious, some people might say. Um, Lustica, I had two votes. Um, I felt like it was a bit of a role reversal with last week, the way Kilkenny ran the show. I feel Lustica was... Um, I feel like he put in a bit more energy. There were a couple of times when Neil got caught in possession, whereas I didn't see that happen to Lustica as much, and Lustica did... Um, play a few awesome balls throughout the game. So I've given him a two and for scoring our goal and just for having a bundle of energy, I've given Dylan Menzel-Holz the one. Uh, for my votes, I gave Connor Payne the, the three as well, um, providing he's really starting to stand out as an attacker again this season. Like I'm very happy with that because uh, he's – We've seen him play everywhere in his A-League career. And when he came to Western, he had to play in that wing-back role. Uh, and now he's able to push forward again. And it, it literally, that goal was all him. Of course, Dylan was there to slot it in, but, you know, almost any player could have. Um, but, yeah, I was very happy with his output. So three votes to him. My two votes went to Neil Kilkenny, I believe. Yep. Yep. Um, I was very impressed with Neil once again. Um like Caleb said, Lustiger might have had the better game. Uh, from what I saw, though, I believe um, Neil's a natural leader on the pitch. I saw him talking a lot, marshalling around. He was very good in organising the set pieces. Still too many short corners, but um, just starting to execute them better and better. And uh, number one, oh, for one vote, sorry, I gave Leo because solid defensive performance and he was out there running the show at the back uh, and you know ever present figure every time uh, Perth went on the attack and really never really gave them any clear-cut chances from my memory there were a bunch of half chances and some some decent crosses but um, yeah Leo was fantastic at the back once again so I vote to him well that's Really good. And in crazy news, Kelsey just literally messaged me just then his votes. So we have a correct... I'm not kidding you. 744. He just messaged me. I've entered in the spreadsheet. Now, he's gone three points to Lacroix, two to Kilkenny, and one to Wenzel Halls, which I believe is what I did. Let me double check that. It is good to see we've all got different yeah. votes though this week because yeah, last week, last week we were sort of all all pushed into the one sort of area. I think I was the only one that was different, and it was barely different. It was one one player swap, and that just shows you everyone sees something different when we play. I don't think we played perfectly, but we definitely played a lot better. So it is good to see that you know we don't have that one or two standout players. We've got a bunch of players on the pitch that are all doing well. On the, and on that note, Scott did three to Lacroix, two to Kilkenny, one to Payne. So again, same as you, but had a different perspective on their performance and 
the value of the game. Yeah. So coming into round two, uh, Leo Lacroix, he's currently winning this round. But overall, do you want to know who's winning? I'd say it's Neil. Kilkenny. Yeah, Kilkenny, 23 points. Lacroix, tw- uh, 19. Connor Payne got some, a lot of points this week on seven. Uh, Amai, six. And coming fifth is Dylan Wenzel-Halls. So, yeah, it's a bit of an interesting one thus far. Diamante hasn't even got a point yet. Like I was literally about to say that. Diamante's not got a single point. And I don't think he's played bad football either. No, no, he hasn't been terrible. I think we just – look, unfortunately, we, we hold, may subconsciously hold him to a higher standard than the other players. I, I think that might be it. I think if you get some neutrals in, he's definitely got points. But Yeah, but look, I don't think he would have as many as Neil Cook anymore. Nah, no way. Nah. Absolutely no. Um, hopefully he gets gets some this this week yeah. against uh, against City because um, when he's getting points, usually that means we're winning games. Hundred percent. Now I just like to take a moment. If you're as passionate about West United as we are, well, you won't want to miss any of the season's A League live action. And the easiest, quickest, and best way to catch up on every game from every angle is with the A League live app. Search for A League Live on Sportsmate or on the app or Google Play stores. Big fan. I use it to write up the run sheet every week. It influences my votes with stats and everything. Highly recommend it. Oh, no. We lost. Have we cut it out again? Shoot him a message. Hey, guys. Oh, we're back. We're back. Do you want to restart that? Yeah, we're back. But, um... No, nah, it's fine. Oh, no. No, that ran. That was fine. Oh, okay. Yeah, we just missed yeah. it. That's all right. Are you looking? That's okay. Do you guys want to move on to the preview? Our... Yes, game preview. So on Saturday night, West United take on the reigning premiers, Melbourne City at 7.45 at Amy Park. City are currently sitting second on four points after blowing a two-goal lead against Adelaide United on Saturday. How do you think we'll line up for this one, Leb? Caught me mid-sit. Um, I, think, I, think, um, I think it's going to be pretty similar. I think you could make a case for both Breivich or Wenzel Hall starting up front. But I mm. think apart from that, the only change we could see is a change at centre-back. You saw Topol Stanley coming in um, for the second half against Perth. So we may see him start ahead of the mine. I think we'll probably still stick to a mine. It looks like more of a fitness thing rather than an injury or a, or a form thing on the day. Um, so I think the only change we could make is maybe up front, maybe bringing Wenzel Halls in, but... I think it's going to be pretty much the same. May, may see some different faces on the bench, though. May see um, one Renny Cream get, get his substitute appearance. Definitely. Now, Jay, any thoughts? I don't think we'll be subbing Renny Cream. Um, I think it's it's probably not the best game to start him in. Maybe the... Uh... No, I mean subbing having him on the bench. Oh, sorry, like, yeah, no, yeah. like even having him on the – or maybe on the bench, yeah, yeah. but um, I think it would probably be better to start him. Start. I think it would be better to start him in the FFA or have his first game in the FFA Cup game. Yeah. Um, I think we've got – they've got a lot of scary players, obviously McLaren, Naboo, Leckie, a lot of pace. So Tomoki, I have to start Tomoki. 
just because um, even though he's not the most solid defender, he can match speed with them better than Topol can. Um, Leo obviously can run pretty quickly as well, so keep him in. Um, and start Caruccio against his former club to give him something to really fight for. Although I wouldn't be starting Wales against his former club, I'd actually start Parias because um, he's because actually... He's yeah, but well, he hasn't hasn't Keep played the theme going. hasn't Keep the theme going. hasn't played games like Wales has though. For yeah, City no. hasn't played as many. He only played only I think he only started one game. Oh no, he got subbed on for one he game. Play, he played a couple, but I don't even know if any starts. he was pretty young then anyway. But I would actually bring on uh, Price because these are the sorts of games where I think he excels, and um, definitely like play. Uh, uh, I'd actually play, you know, shell up a little bit and try and hit them on the counter, even with Previch and then later on Wenzel Halls. I think this is the sort of game where we could grind out a gritty 1-0 win. And if we could keep them scoreless, I would be wrapped because they easily have the best front three in the A-League at the moment. It's not even debatable. 100%. Now, here's a bit of a question. Do you think it's make or break for any players in the squad this week? I think Lustig is actually still fighting for his uh, place. I think if he has a standout game, then it's going to be hard for Rene Krenn to actually crack in. Yeah, that's what I think more so, rather than him fighting for his place, because I think there's still going to be squad rotation over the time. Um, I don't think it's really make or break for anyone. Um, the only players you could potentially say is, let's say, Top or Stanley or Amai have an absolute shocker, whoever plays. And uh, um, it, makes it, it makes a better case than the other one. Um, or Jamie Young having an absolute shot. Yeah. It makes a case for Ryan Scott. But I don't think it's make or break for any players, especially because of the quality of opposition we're up against. Yeah. I, I think I think Young only had to make one or two saves last week. He's definitely going to be tested look, a little bit solid, more. But yeah, oh, look, he never, never looked like conceding, but he's going to have to be a lot more switched on this game. Um, yeah. Good luck to him, uh, as much as we love Ryan Scotty, and we want to see him play. Also want to see our team win. and It sucks because I do like Jamie Young, but I'm sorry, I love Ryan Scott more. So, <laughs> I, I, I don't, it's not that I'd wish, you know, we don't wish anything bad against Jamie Young. He's a, a good bloke, uh, even though we've abused him a couple of times when he played for uh, when he played for Brisbane. Um, but There's a few current players that we've done that to over the time. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's part of the, part but, of the game. Part of the game. I, I think um, I, I honestly think we'll start pretty similarly to how we started against probably Perth with Prejevich yeah. starting. Yeah. Mm. Now taking to our game against Perth, what changes would you make? What changes would I personally make? Yeah. Well, like, yeah. Is there anything you'd drastically change, like formation? We've already talked about. Players, is there anything you think isn't working from a tactical perspective? Yeah, look, for this game, I wouldn't change anything up. I think defensively we look good and we're going to need to be on point defensively. As I said, the only thing I personally change is I bring Ryan Scott in. But that's a that's a biased opinion. Jamie Young's a good goalkeeper. So realistically talking, I wouldn't actually change anything to the starting lineup. Especially- they make different subs. They make subs at different times. But I wouldn't change anything to the starting lineup for this game. And I definitely wouldn't uh, change formation. It looks like we've drilled that one pretty heavily in the off-season because uh, shape's been held uh, pretty well by those players, especially up the back. 
and we're going to need to be pretty well defensively drilled against City because they are going to definitely have chances. Nice. Now, with Sturridge staying in town, do you think he's more likely to attend this game than our last one with them? Who knows, mate? I mean... I, th- I think he will. It looked like Tony Sage or Tony Pinata or whoever was coming out was saying, saying, that, saying that Sturridge didn't want to travel and Sturridge has come out and tweeted no. saying he's ready for any game. And no. it's It looks like it's a little bit of a mess up there at the moment. It looks like... Um, I believe Sturridge did travel, but he pretty much took himself out saying that I feel like crap after traveling. And you could also probably put that down. No, he was ready to play. He's no, ready no, to play. this, this is according to Tony Sage. According, yeah. according to Tony according Sage, to Starr just turned around and said, well, because he did travel. He 100%, 100% came down, but yeah. he didn't. Yeah. Why wouldn't you put Daniel Sturridge in your lineup unless Sturridge says no? Let's be real. Any one of us would. At least, not maybe yeah. not your starting lineup, but you'd at least have him... In your back pocket. I think it's, to be completely honest, I love Daniel Stage, but I think it's him having a bit of a sook. And then uh, backtracking a little Sage, bit. Sage's excuse was, we wanted to give you, he wasn't ready. Um, we've taken advice from our physios, et cetera, et cetera. They have mm. said he wasn't ready, but we wanted to give him a little bit of time against a packed out, uh, like in a packed out home stadium in our first game of the season where they didn't feel like it was worthwhile, like financially and on the marketing side of things to risk him for any amount of minutes against Western United in front of 3,000 teams at Amy Park on a Friday night. That makes sense. But he did cut – there was a the initial thing by Tony Sage and then Tony Pinata come out and said – clarified that it wasn't Sturridge's decision. It was actually the – it was a, like a the physio, physio as you said. But like the – it did come off really bad saying that he – like that press release, uh, I think it was Sage did. But – it adds to the quality of the game and the meme ability, which I think that's what we're all about in this league. Now, score predictions. Now, last week, I think I went 2-1 to Perth. You were very negative. Yeah, I'm going to stay negative. 1-0 to Melbourne City. Wink, wink, because I've been wrong every week for the last, like, eight weeks. So if I pick City, then guess who's winning 1-0? So, yes, on the record, I'm going to go Melbourne City 1-0. Actually, I'm going to go Melbourne City 1-0. I think they'll just – they will hold pretty strong and they'll get the – just edge us out of the game. But I don't think it'll be a poor showing. I think it'll be a good game. Yeah, I think it's going to be a very similar game and result to um, our semi-final back against them back in our first season where they beat us 2-0, and I think the results are going to be exactly the same. I think we're going to lose 2-0. Uh, we're going to put up a really good showing. We're going to be good defensively, but I think their firepower is going to be too much. I'll say one early goal, one late goal for Melbourne City to win it. I, I might change mine, actually. I'm going to go 2-1. I think we've got goal. I got at least a goal in us on the weekend. But 2-1 City. I think their firepower yeah, is just going to overwhelm us. I'm going to go 2-1, but back the boys, because that's how I do. And I think it's going to be a Lacroix header from a set piece and something really dodgy is going to happen and we get a goal. Lustica back here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, oh, you know what I'm, I'm feeling? I've, I've, I want uh, Tomoki my roof of the net goal like he scored against Perth. 
I, I, I like John Flanagan's one against Spurs, where it comes in and just hits it on the half volley. No, no, it, where it doesn't, it doesn't actually hit the crossbar. It just hits the top yeah, net. Yeah. yeah, I reckon one of those would be sweet. It'd be good fun. Now, one final thing on that: how important is it for a good performance this week to keep the momentum going for this new squad? I think a good performance is even more important than the result for this week, honestly. Uh, going into the season, these are the sorts of games where we look at and we think, okay, maybe we're not going to pick up maximum points. They're the sorts of games where if you'd asked plenty of fans, including ourselves, if we'd take a draw before kickoff, we'd probably say yes. So I feel like, yeah, this is one of the weeks where, and because it's so early on in the season, we've got our first win. We've got three points on the board. That's more than half the rest of the league, um, a, a good performance is more important than a good result this week because that's something you can take on into the next week, into our FFA Cup game against Wellington, who have been good themselves, and against Brisbane, who have actually been quite poor. Yeah, I, I think it's very important to uh, get a point out of this game at the very least. I think if we get a point out of this, that must mean we've played well to some extent. Uh, and if, if we don't, and we can at least say that we've played two of the top three sides and at least got four points, you know, or a point from either of them or between them, which isn't the best, but it's like, hell, hell we're still up there. We, we're still fighting. It's more about holding our own. Put it this way. I'd like four, at minimum four points in the next two league games between... City and Brisbane. I think if we can get um, if we can get four points between those two, it'd be good. But like also worth mentioning, Brisbane looked pretty crash hot against um, City. So City might yeah, turn around and play out. and play some bad football, um, just like they did against Brisbane. Um, I th- I think we're not going to know until on the day. To be completely honest, we can speculate all we want, but. Uh, this is gonna. This is gonna be a very. I feel it's gonna be a very seesawy, yo-yo sort of season where uh, forms come and go week to week. One week you're good, next week you're shit, next week you're good again. So, um, yeah, just bring on Saturday. Bring on Saturday. I want to see how how it goes down, and I think a lot of people uh, watching the A League would like to see how that one goes down. I think it'd be an interesting game for sure. Well. Definitely. I'm interested to see what happens now. Do you guys want to move on to Manscaped? Now, support for All Out West is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, 4.0. Joined just over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. Uh, use the code AWAW21 at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. You read that right. What a bang-up deal. I'm a huge fan of this product. Yeah. If you're getting out and about post-COVID, you want to go clubbing, meet someone, I don't know, you want to get yourself, get a bit of like self-care up, feel good about yourself, I recommend this product. The, the Crop Reviver, bang-up especially if you're going out after you've been in the terraces all night. What do you guys think? Hey, all I'm saying is Christmas come, is coming up and uh, maybe uh, 
you know, you, you get one for your dad or something, you know. Time might not be might not be the most appropriate Christmas gift. Maybe husband. I probably should have said that. No, it's time but, to spoil your great uncle Pat. Yeah, exactly. Take you know, landscape 4.0 kit. He's going to need that crop reviver after being in the terrace with you all day. Especially after a and after a long, long train trip home as well. Yeah, Christmas coming around the corner. It's a great gift. Um, your dad will love it. He won't be able to electrocute himself on it because it's all self-contained, induction charging. There's even a little light on there for when the power goes out. I had to use that the other week. I got caught in the shower. There was a storm and the light popped off in the ceiling. And guess what? I can still, you know, you I can still do some manscaping, mate. Absolutely it's safely. it's it's um it's even safe enough for a child to use. Too bad they don't need it because <laughs> but it'd be safe enough for a child. The, to use. Um, no, you still got to be a bit careful. They say it's no nick, but if you're an idiot and just hack at it like a, a lumberjack going wild, then you're probably going to get yourself a bit of mischief. But um, it's, it's like I said, it's completely self-contained, waterproof. You can do it in the shower. You can do it on the train, on the V-line. They've, they've got the shaver charger points on the V-line. So if you wanted to bring your manscaped and do a little bit of manscaping on the way to the city on the weekend... You can do it. It takes five minutes. You can do it on the train heading into the city game. So. Just get on it, fellas. Come on. And even women. Yeah. Look, I know it's manscaped, but women can use it too. Ladies, I want to see some of you buying this for yourselves and for your boyfriends. Yep. So don't forget, get 20% off plus free shipping with the code AWAW21 at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Yeah, that was fun, guys. Uh, let's move on to the, kip, <laughs> uh, the, <laughs> the, the tipping cop. Now... It's been another big week. Do you guys want to see the tipping comp? We well, want to see the tipping comp. Yeah, I believe I actually did pretty well. I think I've had one of my best weeks in a while. I dropped off a little bit. Oh, I think I've rocked up the table. It's coming. There we go. There we go. Yeah, sweet. So all out pests, which is me. I uh, owned this week. I'm c- coming first on. Yeah, suck it. I don't. It'll be the last time I come first. Uh, Ethan A W A W and yeah, the dogs and look at Scott. And corner flag games, all tied for first in reality. Let's be obvious here. Uh, shout out to, the to <laughs> yeah, the, I'll take the it. Joker baby. Yeah, we know who that is. Uh, shout out to Sherlock Nick. Good to see you making an appearance on the pod in spirit. A track. Shout out. What's going on here, mate? You, you, he's flexing all about his fantasy league, but where is he here? You know what I mean. Uh, shout out to Brooks. She's doing really well. Uh, yeah, Levy T. What's happening? Seventeenth. <laughs> Falling apart. It's all right. I'm still doing better than A-Tracks in fantasy. Shout out Harris Mania. Now, on that note, we will be having a major prize this season, not just the toilet seat. The toilet seat will go to whoever wins, but there will be a major prize, which cannot be won by a member of the podcast. We will not be announcing what it is yet, but it's good. Get in early. You'll want this. Shit, I want this, but I can't have it. So, yeah. It's going to be it's a, a lot com- of fun. complete box box set of the Cleveland show seasons one to three. I couldn't. I know I can't <laughs> do it, but I'm putting the pod now. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't. I had to spoil. Well, it. sorry, boys. Well, Nick's a technically a member of the pod because he does our social media and stuff. And uh, yeah, Kelsey told him he could win. That's a lie. Uh, no. Can't win. Yeah, Nick's going to be disappointed. No. Now. I actually saw him. I saw Nick as well, and yeah, I forgot to mention it to him. But yeah, Good. let's let's just let him find out. Right, right. We'll get we'll get we'll get stuck in this. Now let's just talk briefly about the FFA, FFA Cup game, which is going to happen on 
Tuesday the 7th against Wellington Phoenix at GMHBA. So it's a Tuesday night game. It's I think this is really important for the club to push for an FFA Cup go this season. What do you guys think? It's definitely a good opportunity. Um, Wellington have been on fire, so it's going to be a tough game. But um, it's, it's a great opportunity to go far in the competition. Whoever wins will be playing Avondale away uh, next round. Uh, so, look, upsets happen, but you could say that's a straight passage into the quarterfinals, at least, for the, either us or Wellington Phoenix. So, uh, crucially important as well for some other players for rotating the squad, players who might be pushing for a first-team berth and aren't quite getting it at the moment. Um, and if they have really good performances, it gives the coach a really good headache. Where do Avondale play? Avondale's in Victoria. Yeah, where's whereabouts? Uh, they're, not, they're not actually, as far as I know, Avondale is northwest Victoria. Because I would be very keen to go to an FFA Cup game at a local stadium, you know, enjoy this, the same sort of vibes that we originally enjoyed when we first went to our... Uh, original pre-season games, you know, before the club had even played their first A-League game. And look, don't quote me, but I think Avondale's a Northwest club, so they're not having an A-League team. It's potentially an opportunity to actually get some more fans on board for West Sydney United yeah, in exactly. the A-League as long as supporting their normal NPL squad. Uh, I don't think we're going to have a good fan turnout, though, Tuesday night in Geelong. No. I think we're going to struggle, no, to be no, completely no, honest. So maybe sub-990. Yeah, but yeah. Um, ultimately... What can you do except uh, we're going to still rock up. We're going to be there. Um, I'll drive in if anyone wants to lift. Yeah. <laughs> you can Three spots left, dude. Just, yeah, three spot, uh, two spots left. So uh, I might pinch the work van and see how many we can get barreling down the M1 uh, <laughs> in the back. Anyway, we're battling on But, yeah, um, just turn up. I think it'll be a good game against Wellington. They always turn it on against us. It's an A-League team. It's down in Geelong. Treat it as such. Um, and it's a good way to break up the monotony of the week. It's something I'm going to be looking forward to, that's for sure. At the end of the day, support your team. Yeah. Come down, support your team. Definitely. I uh, just wanted to preview that, but we'll obviously probably ta- talk about that a bit more next week. Now, around the grounds, there isn't that much I want to talk about this week, but big one I think is going to really affect the outcome of a specific team is scans yesterday afternoon, which is from a couple of days ago. I've confirmed that Sydney FC midfielder Luke Bratton has torn his anterior crucial ligament, the old ACL. The 31 year old will be sidelined for the rest of the season. How do you think that's going to affect them? Levy. Uh, it's it's really disappointing. I, I, I like Luke Bratton as a player as well. Same. Um, I think he's quality. I think he's been a quality A-league player for years and years and years. But uh, just he's had a bad luck. Off, he's had a bad run of luck off the pitch as well in the past few years with family troubles, and now to have this at a really crucial point in his career. This is when he should be having his last few good years. Now he's going to have to focus on rehab. I don't the whole season. It's it's disappointing, yeah. but I think it and I think it will have an impact on Sydney. You saw how um, important he was to that team last season, even though they didn't win the title. He. Is that is that kind of player that doesn't get the um, acknowledgement he deserves in the middle of the park? And he works hard. He, he dictates the tempo, makes the team tick, plays some awesome balls, and his composure, especially for A League level, is another 
It's another level. So he, he scores the odd crack and goal as yeah, well. The crack and goal. It's it's really a spew that it's happened at this point in his career as well because you'd be hoping he'd be past all his injury problems and and all those because you know at 31 you know you're getting towards the not the end of your career but probably the end of your peak. I reckon most players will peak between 27 and 32 where you hit the physical mid, position, physical yeah. mid, especially in the midfield. You sort of you you see it in a lot of players. That's where your cross section of uh, physical fitness, physical maturity, and knowledge of the game sort of all intersects and you hit that peak. And I reckon he's probably peaking right now. Um, unfortunately, he's going to miss 12 months. Um, and now Sydney are going to have to rely on that little weasel, Max Burgess, to come out and play some football for him. Hopefully he – I wish he did his AC. No, I can't say that. But um, I can think it. <laughs> no, but, um, yeah, they're going to have to really rely on Max Burgess. And from what I've heard, I was actually popping in and listening to another uh, – a-League-related podcast. From what I've heard, yeah, Sydney FC are really going to be relying on our former boy, Max Burgess, this year. They're really going to need him, and he's not going to be just a squad rotation player. They're thinking once he's fully fit, he's going to be one of their main players. So that'll be interesting to see if he can replicate what he did at Western at Sydney. Hopefully he can't. But Fingers crossed. And one more thing is, and this I think is a good thing, short-term pain is the capacity to Adelaide United's Hindmarsh Stadium will be reduced to 11,889 due to renovations for the 2023 Women's World Cup, which I'm excited to see what happens to that stadium. I haven't been to Cooper's yet. I love Cooper's beer. You guys have all raved about that stadium, so I'm really keen to see what happens. And how good is it that's getting an upgrade in advance for the Women's World Cup? Short-term pain for long-term gain, in my opinion. What do you guys think? Honestly, might travel for a World Cup game. I think a packed out Cooper Stadium with a, you know, a bigger grandstand, which I think is what they're going for. Yeah, yeah. Um, that would be absolutely rocking. It's a fantastic stadium. Probably not the best in the middle of, in the late afternoon when you cop that sun, but uh, I think I'll for get a, your shirt off and it's all right. I think I think a nighttime game at Cooper Stadium would be just perfect. It's honestly. Um, it's one of my favourite stadiums in Australia. It's, it's probably the my honestly the the. The stadium I've had the most fun at a football game at in Australia. I like Amy Park, but there's also the rugby element to Amy Park, which sort of takes the ends out a bit. Whereas at Cooper Stadium, you're right on the action. You know, you can, you know, pretty much reach out and touch the linesman. Um, probably shouldn't, but you can. Uh, <laughs> but um, to see that ex- expanded on and um, become big enough to host that. Uh, Women's World Cup game. Very exciting. Very exciting for the world game. Any money into the game is good, I think. Um, mm. Yeah. On that note, any cards for this week? Oh, I Hang on. There, there was one. Um, <laughs> we have one too. You should have got the red card. Oh, Rodwell. Yeah. Oh, Jack Rodwell. You lucky, lucky boy in the West Sydney Newcastle game. Comes on as, as a... Oh, Absolutely brilliant five, ten minutes, nearly scores, just looking absolutely electric, class above the A-League. And then the way you went in for that challenge, it was absolutely disgusting. Now it wasn't a red card, shocked me. It was just one of those challenges you never want to see. All the weight on one player's leg, just gross. Should have been off, should be out for the next three weeks, but... 
Yeah, I think that's what we got VAR for to pick up those really bad ones as well, and that was a bad one. I'm going to red card Andy Harper for saying, um, should we apologise for the... Uh, Audio going out, not knowing the audio had come back. And guess what? When the audio came back, he didn't even acknowledge it. Actually, you know what? I'm going to rescind that card because that's a pretty cool move from Harper. That's just a, that's a just pretending move. just pretending like nothing had happened. So I'm going to rescind that. I'm going to change that red card to just red card for Paramount. Get your act together, oh, guys. Yeah. I mean, they're not far off putting together a good product. What they need to do is sort out the streaming problems and add a scrubber so you can go back and forth and watch stuff in like rather than just have a live tv channel going for the whole Hmm. time you know what i mean Um, i don't know if they have added that if it's not just my tv but um i just found i found it's like there's a live channel however when a new program starts it shuts off and you've still got to put something new on it's like if it was a live channel that's fine but then you also have your individual streams but the thing is that they've got it over at 10 play you can do it um yeah, and you can't and you can't do it at um well no you could because I, I watched you know Bellator on Ten Play you still, can move it but look it's still very early on in Paramount yeah. I think they're teething issues and I think give it a, another month or two and they'll have sorted out a few things and taken some people's advice on board. There's some basic stuff I feel like you don't need feedback you should know it you know and mm. and having the same they should have the same accessibility as uh like something like ko where you can rewind 15 seconds with the click of a button or you can scroll back or you know it's it's it just feels it feels like it's been half-assed a bit and hopefully yeah they do improve definitely i i would like to give a props to them for the actual like the actual digital quality of the feeds though they look really nice like they are actually decent HD as opposed to like, especially on Paramount as opposed to what was coming out of KO oh, and not yeah. having to pay for premium KO, which is a con. Um, I don't know whether it was just me, but one thing I did notice is that the quality upped even more as the audio dropped. It's like, oh, they're not going <laughs> You can't have both. They're able to cater for it. <laughs> now, I'd like to give uh, no cards for me today, but I'd like to acknowledge a really good West United player whose birthday it is Monday, the 29th of the 11th. Tomoki, am I? We love you, Tomoki. Tomoki! Very good. I'm going to totally regret that. Um, (laughs) But we talked about it earlier, so it had to happen. But yeah, shout out Tomoki. Big fan of what you're doing. Yeah, hope you're enjoying your day. And you probably won't hear this, so party on. But no, I'm sure that, will. all the players yeah. listen to our pod. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, we'll do the outro. We'd like to thank everyone for listening. Make sure you get to the game on Saturday and the FFA Cup. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and review. Check out the sponsors. Send us a message. Yeah, we're always keen to hear from everyone. All West, aren't we? All West, aren't we, lads? All West, aren't we? Epstein can also be.